Hey, folks. The historic news cycle continues as the impeachment managers and President Trump's defense team wrap up their arguments and move on to the next stages of the impeachment trial. Meanwhile, leaked revelations from John Bolton's manuscript have fueled a push for allowing impeachment witnesses, including him, potentially upending the Republican strategy for a swift trial. Lots of issues have surfaced this week that will continue to dominate the national conversation in the days and weeks to come. And Anne Milgram and I break it all down on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we are making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. So the breaking news from, I guess, yesterday is that the New York Times published a story. They have access to a manuscript of John Bolton. See, by the way, that guy writes really fast. Really fast. <laughs> it took me a lot longer to write. Book scheduled to come out. Well, you, I think know it's why called, he wrote, you know why he wrote fast? Because his publishers want him to get it out while the news is still timely. Yeah. The book is scheduled to come out on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I love St. Patrick's so, Day. double the hangover for some people, <laughs> I guess. Or, or you can drink and read at the same time. I think that'll be required. So it's kind of a bombshell because the Times reports that one of the thrusts of the book, John Bolton says in his book that he had direct conversations with the president in which the president tied the $391 million in military aid to Ukraine to the announcement of an investigation of the Bidens. Yes. That is the central premise of the impeachment case yes. of the trial. It's a central defense uttered by multiple of the, of the president's lawyers on the Senate floor that no one testified that the president told them there was a linkage between those two things, all apparently ripped asunder by this manuscript that is known to us because someone leaked it. Bolton says he did not. But the manuscript has been submitted to the White House and it's sitting in some National Security Council staffer's drawer because he obtained pre-publication review in an abundance of caution to make sure that there's nothing classified in there that the administration could object to. So multiple people have this manuscript outside of John Bolton and presumably his publisher. So Bolton's lawyer said they sent one copy to the White House for pre-publication review. We should talk about this in, in relation to your book and your experience with this if you've been through this, but apparently it's common practice that people who are writing about their experience when they worked in the federal government, that they often will put it through. You know, I was curious about whether they really needed to or not, but I, I could see with Bolton at the level that he was at that it would make sense just to to do it, to make sure that you weren't yeah, so causing I mean, a problem. He says that in the letter. So his lawyer sent a letter. I sent a similar letter to the Department of Justice. There's a, you know, if you work in the White House, there's a particular office you send to. And if you work in the Justice Department, there's a different office within the department you send to. So you sent to DOJ. Yeah, but so I had the same view. And my book is much more innocuous and I wasn't taking shots at anybody, although I've been a critic of the Department of Justice lately. Nothing classified, nothing sensitive. And so the way I read the statute and the regulation and the way my lawyers did and the way the publisher did was there was no need to submit. But you know what? You're a careful person. You're a careful lawyer. You don't want anybody to say later that you didn't submit it. I wrote a letter very similar to what Bolton's lawyer wrote, which is, we don't think there's anything here. I took great care to avoid sensitive material in here, but in an abundance of caution, we're submitting it for review. We expect it to be done within 30 days, which is what the policy is. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I felt comfortable submitting it is I was assured by lots of people, notwithstanding how political things have gotten in the administration, that this review was done by a really crack team of career folks, and they really don't let politics get involved, even if you've been critical of the administration. And I got a letter back 27 or 28 days later. Uh, saying, all is fine, thank you for submitting it, good luck with your book. I don't know if that will happen with John Bolton, because so much is at stake. And by well, the way, that 30-day period expires in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's 
go high level on this for one second, which is I agree that it is incredibly important. It's not evidence yet in the trial, obviously, but I think it's very important. But I will say that I was not surprised in the least, and I suspect you weren't either. It's a little bit like, you know, there's gambling in Atlantic City, there's prostitution in Vegas. Like, there are certain things that are just going to happen, and John Bolton saying given the conversations that people like Fiona Hill and Tim Morrison had when they testified publicly about Bolton telling them to go paper themselves to tell Josh Eisenberg in the White House counsel's office to basically make sure that they had a record of their objections and what had happened, and also the just the reference to Giuliani's drug deal. So I think yeah. we knew that Bolton wasn't on board, and it would have been impossible to believe that the National Security Advisor did not have a conversation with the president about this issue, given what we know about how much was happening behind the scenes and how much, you know, there were senators calling, the Department of Defense was concerned about it. There were questions of whether it was violating the Impoundment Act, which the GAO said it did. So, like, it would have been impossible for them not to have spoken about it. Right. And he's the guy, along with Mick Mulvaney, who has a direct relationship to the president. The president's not talking to Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Can I ask you an ethical question? Would you, if you knew about the Bolton manuscript, and even without the Bolton manuscript, because you knew generally what was being described about conversations between Bolton and the president— would you think it was appropriate to make the arguments that other people have been making on behalf of the president, including my former colleague, Michael Perpura, where he says, No. The Democrats' entire quid pro quo theory is based on nothing more than the initial speculation of one person, Ambassador Sondland. That speculation is wrong. Despite the Democrats' hopes, the ambassador's mistaken belief does not become true merely because he repeated it many times and apparently to many people. Well, first of all, that's also not true, right? And so your former colleague, Michael Papora, he did a whole thing to try to discredit Gordon Sondland. And I have a problem with that in many ways because Sondland is their guy. Sondland was not given all of his text messages and emails. And I think there are issues around the president's lawyers' ways, efforts to discredit Sondland. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Sondland has a lot of issues. But fundamentally, Sondland is, you know, he says the he believed it was connected and he believed it because of conversations he'd had with Giuliani and others. So there's maybe not the direct conversation on everything with Sondland, but there is a conversation after he leaves with David Holmes. He's sitting in the restaurant, in the restaurant. and he hears the president talking. So so I actually don't even think, I first of all would, would question whether that's actually a fair characterization of right. the evidence. But second of all, even if we accepted that as true, you know, they basically stood up there and made these really bold arguments about the facts and the evidence, which they knew to be factually inaccurate. Not correct. Now, there's a question about whether or not these lawyers and others knew about the allegation in the manuscript. It's such a sensitive thing that Mitch McConnell, I think through a spokesperson, has said flatly on the record that they had no heads up about it and that he's angry about it and annoyed because they might have changed their argument. Well, you have to think that McConnell, who is just running this with military, he, he's running the discipline of his group. And, and I know he may lose some senators, we'll talk about it, but he is, he pushes hard to maintain discipline amongst the Republican senators. And by and large, he is very disciplined with his group. The president and his lawyers are the exact opposite of that, right? <laughs> and so like, you have to believe that McConnell is scratching his head at, you know, McConnell could be very well saying to the president, and I don't know if he is, but it wouldn't be crazy for McConnell to be saying, like, look, I'm about to acquit you of these charges, and every day you do something to put us in a harder position. Yeah, well, we don't know who leaked the information. It was done in a very interesting, what do you think? sensitively timed yeah. way. I don't know. It could be somebody who, who realizes that the president did bad things and is putting it forward. I don't know how widely disseminated it is. So going back to what I was saying before about how professional it's supposed to be, John Bolton and his 
manuscript, much, 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 much bigger deal than, than my you know, book that was mostly about what I did in SDNY. And it goes to a central question of impeachment. When folks at the White House saw this and they know that there's a potential argument of executive privilege that they might want to assert about this very stuff, it seems to me it's probably above the pay grade in the mind of somebody who's supposed to be analyzing this. And they might have disseminated it. Jack Goldsmith, former guest on Stay Tuned, has said in his experience, even though manuscripts like this are supposed to you know, be tightly reviewed and, and within a tight circle of folks. They travel. They travel. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if that wasn't They didn't travel true. as far as the Senate, but yeah. they probably traveled through the White elsewhere House. in the White House. Yeah. That would be important to know. And my, you know, we can predict a little bit, even though it's supposed to be a professional process only designed to make objections to things that are classified in the book, I tend to believe that John Bolton was careful not to do that because he wants it to be widely read and the people don't have to read this book in a skiff and have security clearance. He's waiting for them to get back to him. The moment they give him the blessing to publish the book and say there's nothing here that we need to take out, to me that sort of works a waiver of the executive privilege. Yeah, you're saying, because they're Here's signing the off on the it, right. Yeah. I mean, some people have made the argument, I think I overstated a little bit on Twitter, that the fact that he shared this manuscript probably with a publisher and an editor means that executive privilege is waived. There's an argument against that. Because yeah, I don't, I don't the, necessarily the, think yeah. that's right. Yeah. So I think I overstated. Yeah. But what I was I'll really getting at is if and when the White House office says, okay, we bless the book, then I think you're out of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're signing off on it becoming public. And so they're not so asserting they a privilege. So, I, so exactly. I think they can't sign off on it. Right. Given the current predicament that they're well, in. Well, there's now this proposal by Senator Graham, not to go too far afield, but there's a proposal to allow the senators to read what they are calling classified portions of the Bolton right. book. And that's done as a way to try to cut Bolton off as a witness. Yeah. Um, it's clever. It's not correct. In my view, it's not the right thing. Right. And, but, Schumer, and Schumer's rejected it yes. this morning. But just going back to the executive privilege piece for a minute, I don't think that Bolton showing it to his editors and, and whatnot constitutes a waiver of executive privilege. It's the president's privilege. And so what I do think constitutes or most likely constitutes, in my view, a waiver of privilege is the president should just go out and say, that's not accurate, right? And if the president had just said, John Bolton lied, I think that even is a harder question. The president didn't say that. He then had a conversation about his meeting with John Bolton. And so I think there's a really strong argument that that chip has sailed. I'll read some of it because Trump directly took on this question and said, quote, in a tweet, I never told John Bolton that the aid to Ukraine was tied to investigations into Democrats, including the Bidens. In fact, he never complained about this at the time of his very public termination. If John Bolton said this, it was only to sell a book. We sometimes use in the law this term, you can't use a privilege as both a sword and a shield, by which they mean this kind of example. That on the one hand, you're making a statement to attack the statements of another person, but also saying that those statements can't be inquired about because you have a privilege. Right. You can't have it both ways. The president could have kept his mouth shut and said, no one's allowed to talk about this, but it can't be the case that the president can give his version of a conversation that directly invokes executive privilege. And then Bolton can't And then Bolton his. can't. Right. It's right. nonsensical and it's stupid. And it's another example. And by the way, a lot of people have been saying this, um, legal experts on the airwaves and on, and on social media, and I tend to agree with them. Yeah, I do too. Let's talk about executive privilege just for a second too, because I think what I've seen in the Republican defense of the president, the president's lawyer's defense, is there are a lot of smoke screens. So there are a lot of things that sort of initially seem like they make sense, but if you actually think about them a little further, they fail. And executive privilege is a great example where last week, actually, I don't even know what day it was at this point. It all blurs together. But a number of the Republicans started to say, well, we can't have witnesses because there would be a fight over executive privilege. It would go to the courts. It would take forever. And I reject that 
wholeheartedly. And just to go again to like the most basic high level on this, executive privilege is not in the United States Constitution. Impeachment is. And what's really important to understand is that executive privilege was written into the Constitution as a presidential privilege by the United States Supreme Court many, many years later. And it is a limited privilege. And it fails, for example, it failed in the Nixon years with President Nixon when there was a grand jury investigation because the importance of getting that evidence was more important than the president having this limited privilege to basically say, when I talk about things with my top advisors, I don't want that to, everything to be out in the public because it could hurt our country. It could undercut the United States. And so that's the general idea. What the president is essentially arguing here, and I'll come back to executive privilege with Bolton in a minute, but what the president is essentially arguing here is that he has the ability to decide what is executive privilege and that that should mean that if he says a witness is privileged, that no one ever testifies at an impeachment hearing. And we should understand that that basically means that we would grant the president full immunity from impeachment, right? Because why would every president not just say, well, this falls within my executive privilege? This was a part of my duties. And, you know, it's worth noting executive privilege, it doesn't cover when you're doing something unlawful or you're violating your fiduciary duty. But even accepting the president's argument for a second, that would put us in a position where the president was immune from either prosecution or impeachment. And that can simply not be the case. And it's not in the Constitution. If the president was immune, it would be in the Constitution. Yeah. So, so I guess the question is what's going to happen and does this revelation put a certain amount of pressure on a few senators, they only need four uh, Republican senators to break ranks with their party to get John Bolton to testify? The sense I'm getting, again, it's lunchtime on Tuesday, this could all be different by this evening, yeah. is that there's some rumblings of concern about this. Mitt Romney has made a fairly strong statement saying he would like to hear from Bolton. A couple of other senators like Murkowski and Collins are making sort of you know less aggressive statements about it. And, you know, I heard Jay Johnson on television this morning the former Secretary of Homeland. Yeah, and another, more importantly, former guest on Stay Tuned. Yes, more importantly, uh, <laughs> I agree. More importantly. And actually, a guy from New Jersey, and, most importantly. And former SDNY assistant, so lots of credibility for all those reasons, of course, <laughs> um, in that order. He was playing out what the spectacle is going to look like, which is interesting to think about, right? So let's say they, they quash the request for a subpoena for John Bolton, and then they acquit the president. The book's coming out in like six weeks. He's going to do a book tour. Yeah. It's going to be a very, very, very... He's going to be pervasive on the airwaves. We've talked about and, this. And unless they get a gag order against him, which I don't think they could ever receive, he's going to be talking about all this stuff that goes right to the fundamental question. But don't you think they're just going to say it's classified or it's executive privilege? Why, Who is? The president. Like, why would the White House... I'm just... Oh, I, I don't want to channel the White House yeah. the way that they think about things, but let me step into that framework for a second, which is to say, just say no. Say that it's executive privileged. Let... Bolton sued them in the courts, let it take a year. So I thought about this too, even though the, the odds were very, very, very low that someone's going to have a problem with me. But, I, you know, you never know. Maybe someone's like, you know, preach a critic of the department. Bolton is, by the way, Bolton's now being described on Fox News and Lou Dobbs as a tool of the radical left wing. Which is amazing. Yeah. John Bolton is, is to the right in many ways of Donald Trump. Yes, right? yes. He's a true conservative. And I disagree with him on a lot of things. He's not a left-wing yeah. <laughs> left radical. He's also a policy conservative, yes. and people should understand that, that he's about the policy, not really about who the president is in some ways. I think it's worth just noting that he's not a creature of the left. He's also, he is a deep creature of the right, but he's a creature of the policy of the right. And so it's important to know, like, he wasn't loyal to George W. Bush. There were times that he spoke out right. against Bush. And, you know, the same is true of what he was doing with Trump. He right. was clearly a critic while he was in the administration. He didn't agree with the president on everything. And so it's so, just so, worth noting. Yeah, Sounds like what you're saying is, well, they, you, you mean the White House can just say, you can't publish this book. He can say, and he's setting the table for this, 
with the letter that, that his lawyer sent to the White House office. You didn't even deserve review. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. publishing it anyway. They're not going to be able to stop him from publishing the book, and then the White House can sue him. Right. Now, here's my question for you. They don't really care if John Bolton's book comes out in yes, the middle of November, because you and I have talked about St. this. Patty's Everything Day. is coming out, right? right? But what they don't want, and I think that there's a very cynical tactical calculation here, all the evidence about this is going to come out. You and I have done enough criminal prosecutions and cases to know that everything comes out. And, you know, I even argued, I think you and I have, I don't know if we've talked about this on air, but I argued an executive privilege case for Governor Corzine when we were in New Jersey. On his in the behalf. Appell- on his behalf, yep. in the appellate court. We won, and a year later, the emails leaked out that we were trying to protect. So the president is not going to win. Ultimately, the facts are going to come out. What I think they're doing is playing for November for the 2020 election. They don't care after the election. Right, but, but Trump's not the only politician at issue here. Right, but Trump doesn't care about the other politicians. Right. But the vote yeah. is going to be done, is going to be taken by other politicians, namely senators in the world's most deliberative body. And those senators have to be thinking, what is the political consequence of my being on the record voting against John Bolton's testimony when that book comes out? Right. And it's devastating. And by the way, all these other things that will end up coming out, I think it looks terrible in November and ads, I mean, I'm not a political expert, but it doesn't take an expert to understand what it's going to look like if there are massive revelations after a sham quick trial that didn't have John Bolton testify when he was prepared to testify, when we knew what his testimony was going to be, it went right to the heart of the culpability of the president of the United States, and contrary to the arguments that his lawyers stand up and blithely kind of lie about from the floor of the United States Senate, that's untenable. Yeah. And some senators are going to lose. I feel the same way. And look, I feel like like all these folks are Trumpettes, right? And they're all like moving in unison and in lockstep right now. And McConnell... I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out our membership free for two weeks. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.